Change your life by understanding the biblical truth of generosity. Plus, is our culture becoming more or less generous? Pursuing God-honoring responsible stewardship in governance, financial accountability, and fundraising. Welcome to the Excellence in Ministry podcast from ECFA. Welcome to the Excellence in Ministry podcast. I'm John Van Drunen, Executive Vice President and General Counsel with ECFA, and I'm joined by my good friend, Jim Loscheider. Jim is the VP of Donor Ministries at Samaritan's Purse for 18 years and now serves as Senior Advisor in the Office of the President at Samaritan's Purse. Before that, he served as the Founding President CEO of the Orchard Foundation, and before that, the Director of Stewardship at the Christian and Missionary Alliance. Uh, Jim also serves as the board president of Christian Service Charities that helps raise funds for uh, Christ-centered organizations that are seeking to uh, make those uh, appeals known in the combined federal campaign and other workplace giving campaigns. So, Jim, really appreciate you being here and The goal of our podcasts are to provide timely information in key areas relating to ECFA standards, including governance and financial accountability and fundraising stewardship. And today, you know, Jim, just really appreciate your ministry of stewardship uh, in helping to shepherd givers uh, as they understand the the nature of discipleship as it relates to the, the gift of giving. Um, so, Jim, would you share with us uh, just some of uh, your heart uh, from your years in, in shepherding other givers? Well, thank you, John. And it is a pleasure to be with you today and to address uh, the members uh, in this way, uh, because uh, giving is at the heart of, uh, of the very God we serve and understanding uh, generosity from a biblical perspective Uh, is a huge transformational uh, paradigm uh, that once we get a hold of that, uh, it can really accelerate uh, almost in a, uh, at times, a supernatural way that uh, is actually stunning. A colleague of mine said uh, long ago, uh, as we were looking at things that we really couldn't explain, we kind of scratched our heads and said, you know, if we could explain it, God really didn't do it. So we see that and, and one of the foundational uh, principles that should govern all of our ministry, and especially in this area of raising resources for what God wants to do in our world, is to pray first. And I want to do that very quickly, but then just talk a little bit about that foundational principle and why it's so crucial for us in the ministries that we're in. So, Father, thank you for this opportunity to be a part of the Evangelical Council for Financial Accountability podcast. It's truly a privilege, and I'm humbled by the opportunity and pray that as you inspire all of us, that what I share would be inspiring and helpful as well to your glory in Jesus' name. Amen. We've all witnessed and felt uh, the homegoing uh, of Dr. Billy Graham recently, a month ago today as we're recording this. And uh, having been a part of Samaritan's Purse, you can't help but have uh, opportunities to see uh, the impact of Dr. Graham's life through his family, through Franklin and others. 
And long ago, Dr. Graham was asked, uh, what's the most important steps in preparing for an evangel evangelistic outreach? And of course, that question was also uh, implying what are the most important steps in any endeavor or any initiative that we're going to take on uh, in a ministry context? And his answer was uh, he gave three things as the most important things to always consider and to always do. The first one was to pray. The second one was to pray. And the third, hopefully obvious at this point, is to pray. Uh, Romans 12, 12 tells us, rejoice in hope, be patient in tribulation, be constant in prayer. We know we're experiencing tribulation in this life. We see the disruption in our world and in our personal lives and in our ministry. So we are admonished by Paul to be constant in prayer. Ephesians six eighteen puts it this way, praying at all times in the spirit with all prayer and supplication. To that end, keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for all the saints. And in Colossians 4, 2, continue steadfastly in prayer, being watchful in it with thanksgiving. So as I look at this uh, new way of giving, uh, I think most of you uh, realize Ecclesiastes tells us there's nothing new under the sun. So there really isn't anything new other than maybe a new look at how God's Word is encouraging us to do things in certain ways. So let me start off with some of the recent headlines and some of the narratives that we're all hearing. My inbox groans daily under the weight of unsolicited emails offering to help increase the effectiveness of our fundraising efforts at Samaritan's Purse. And then you see the media narrative in uh, Chronicle of Philanthropy and other places. And here's a few of the headlines that recently we've seen. Charity donations likely to drop in 2018. That's a good one. Uh, charities trying to gauge the impact of federal tax reform on giving. Local charities experience a decrease in donations. Another one. Half of U.S. charities are on the financial brink. Another one. And we'll talk about this one a little bit. Federal charity drives. Steep drop is causing trouble for nonprofits nationwide. And that's referring to the combined federal campaign, which has dropped dramatically. And finally, GOP tax law. A one-two punch to charities and American giving. I think you have a sense of the tone here. Uh, it's fairly negative. And unfortunately, when there's negative perceptions, those negative perceptions can, can at times turn into negative facts, or they tend to drive us to the negative. So I'm, I'm not going to comment too much on that other than to say, we have a God who has never lost a battle, and he has called us to be world changers. So we have an opportunity to trust a sovereign God in everything we do, in every challenge that we face, and in every initiative that we get to engage in as we approach it through prayer. God opens 
channels of mercy and insight. He's the ultimate innovator, the inventor, the source of all wisdom, and so forth. So let me shift gears and talk a little bit about some of the uh, digital marketing innovations that we're seeing and how they're affecting the social media space and, and how that's driving some of the giving in America. Uh, Coin Up is one where the subtitle says, Your Change, Your Impact. We, Micro Give, another one. You Caring, another one. One that most all of us are familiar with that Amazon puts out is called Amazon Smile. You Shop, Amazon Gives. And I want to emphasize that Amazon Gives. Interesting. Kickstarter, GoFundMe, Facebook, Fundly, Just Giving, Donate Your Change. All of these are very transactional in their design and in their uh, execution, which is certainly okay, but you know, my question is how biblical is that? Another trend uh, that's happening is coming out of Giving USA, uh, the 2017 report on religious giving, total charitable donations rise to a new high of 390.05 billion. And what's interesting about that is the individual sector of what Giving USA is looking at grew nearly 4%, uh, which allowed the overall index to be the largest uh, rise in a long time and a new high, which is the sixth time in the last four decades that that indicator has hit a new high. Another area to look at is, and I'm not going to cover all of the generations, uh, we don't have time to go into much detail with that, but I will touch on four of the sectors right now and make a few comments on that. The pre-boomer silence, which would be people born before 1945, 1945 and before, baby boomers 46 to 1964, Gen X 1965 to 1980, and millennials born 1981 and to the present. When you look at all U.S. households, the giving average for millennials is $236, for Gen Xers, $617, for baby boomers, $1,082, and pre-boomer silence, $1,243. Now when you slice the data and say, what if we just look at people who are giving and not, pe not include people who aren't giving? We'll see a shift. Millennials now average $1,442 a year. Gen Xers, $1,989. Baby boomers are the highest at $2,735 average per year. And the pre-boomer silence are at $2,269. Interesting stats. Here's another trend that's happening in a big way right now. It was predicted by a Pew Research Center study that was published in December of 2010. So eight years ago, this was brought onto the scene. Here's a quote. Roughly 10,000 baby boomers will turn 65 today, and about 10,000 more will cross that threshold every day for the next 19 
years. So we're already eight years into this trend. Why is that important? Think about it. 10,000 people a day are now not only turning age 65, they are turning 70 and a half. And many of them are turning from success to significance, as the half-timers put it, wanting to use their abilities in ministry as volunteers, use their expertise from business to, to help ministry. So this is a huge trend. The other big trend about it is how it coincides with the required minimum distribution rules and qualified plan money like your IRA, your 401k, and so forth, which you're required to take starting at age 70 and a half. And there's a segment of that generation that doesn't need those resources and now they have the ability to give up to 100000 to their favorite charity without taking it as a required minimum distribution. Amazing opportunity for all of us. Let me say just a quick word about the great wealth transfer and then come back to millennials with that. Uh, millennials stand to inherit more wealth than ever before, and what's interesting about them, as you saw in the stats I shared just a moment ago, they are fairly generous. Uh, they average $1,400 a year, uh, about, half, about half of what their parents, their boomer parents are doing, but that's still very significant when you consider that in the mix. So, the big transfer, I'll talk about that as I near the end, but what, what are the key principles that come from the Bible that have driven our strategy at Samaritan's Purse uh, and as I served on the board of the Christian Stewardship Association before it was merged with Christian Leadership Alliance? The number one thing is to understand that uh, the Psalm 24.1 points it out, the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, the world and all those who dwell therein. So from that truth, we as Christians understand four things. Number one, God owns it all. Number two, we are managers, stewards of all that he entrusts to us. Number three, he expects us to plant, parable of the talents, and he expects results parable of the talents, and when you look at the results he expects, he also has in store for those of us uh, crowns when we enter into his rest. Uh, so it matters uh, to us as believers, and it matters to the Lord what we do with the time he's given us, the talent he's given us, the treasure that he entrusts to us, and the influence that he's given us. It matters for eternity how we invest those commodities, if you will, while we're in this life, heading to the next. One of the greatest passages uh, and one of my favorites is Exodus 35, verse 4 through 36, verse 7. And I'm going to challenge you to a little exercise here after you're done with the podcast. We don't have time to do it. But look at that passage. It's the first capital campaign, if you will, that's recorded in the Bible couple things. Moses hears from the Lord. Here's the project. The Lord motivates the people to not only bring the resources, but to provide all the skills and everything else on the design side, the implementation side, the building side, and so forth. So I challenge you to do this exercise. Go through that passage, Exodus 35, 4 through 36, 7, and pick out the words 
or phrases that are driving the response and the motivation of the people and how that ends up becoming such a generous response in the building of the tabernacle that those who are managing the project for Moses have to come to him in 36 and say, Moses, you got to tell the people to be restrained. We have more than enough. Amazing. So what we have found is biblical principles work. They work cross-culturally. They work across economic uh, levels of wealth. Uh, they're amazing. And they are based on relationships. We serve a God of relationships. So I'm going to give you four things that drive all the things that we do at Samaritan's Purse. And they've been part of my career even before Samaritan's Purse. First is called find. Looking for divine appointments. And how do you do that effectively? You pray, Lord, direct my steps. Show me who I need to intersect with. That you are motivating for such a time as this and for this particular need. Then the next step in the process is win. And that is develop trust and seek mission alignment. Some people are going to give to Samaritan's Purse. Some are going to give to Compassion. Some to uh, Gospel Coalition. And some to Desiring God and so forth. Uh, that's okay. Uh, we're all unified on the same team. The third thing is to keep. How do we develop strong connections and meaningful engagement? And what does that look like? And the fourth is lift which is reporting impact, thanking well, empowering, and literally praying for our partners. Samaritan's Purse has a prayer ministry where we invite our partners to send us their prayer requests, and we pray over those individually and fill, fill out a note and send it back to them and say, I prayed for you on this day. And the stories and the testimonies that come out of that are amazing. So if you take this find, win, keep, lift, and you put it like on, a, on the dial of a clock, find is at the 12 o'clock position, win is at 3, keep is at 6, and lift is at 9. At the center of that clock is Christ. Christ is at the center of everything. Not only does he own the cattle on a thousand hills, he owns the hills as well, and he owns us by right of redemption. So he's the catalyst in the center of motivating people. That's the lesson of Exodus 35 and 36, and that's literally cover to cover what you see in the Bible. One of the most amazing uh, resources that I've found over the years has been the book called The Sower. This is in my biblical stewardship library, if you will, and I'm going to highlight just a couple more books for you. But The Sower is extraordinary in that it's showing the secular approach versus the kingdom approach. And Gary Haig and Scott Rodin do a fabulous job of really digging deeply into these biblical principles for us. Highly, highly recommend you read it, study it, make it part of your DNA in the culture of your development uh, team and staff. Another good one is Growing Givers Hearts, Treating Fundraising as Ministry by Thomas Jevens and Rebecca Birch Basinger. And then, of course, the classic Money, Possessions, and Eternity by Randy Elkhorn. 
The Eternity Portfolio by Alan Goddard is a favorite. And then a really good one that everybody needs to look at is Revolution, Revolutionary Generosity, uh, edited by Wes Wilmer. And of course, as I've said before, the Bible. Ron Blue says that there's over 2,130 verses in the Bible that relate to money and generosity and how we manage it. There's only 50 verses on faith. I'm sorry, 500 verses on faith and 500 on prayer. So there's a there's an emphasis in God's word that money has a power to it and generosity breaks the power of money on us. And if we recognize that in our ministry to our partners, not seeking to get their resources, but seeking to provide them with opportunity to invest for eternity. That's been one of the prescriptions that has really worked well uh, in the 30 plus years that I've been involved. So I know there'll be some questions, there'll be some comments that you'd like to uh, ask, and uh, I'm sure that uh, John will provide a way to do that. Uh, I'm more than happy to respond uh, I consider this a privilege, and I hope that this has been helpful. God bless you, and thank you. And Jim, thank you so much for taking the the time to share from your heart and your years of experience. And just to call us back to Billy Graham's words and admonition of the importance of prayer, and, and parallel to that is in the midst of the news that we're facing, the importance of of taking full advantage of this opportunity to trust God in the face of uncertainty. Uh, thank you so much for the the overview on that, and just some of your perspective as it relates to the the current events. Um, and let me just add that there are a number of additional resources available through ecfa.org uh, for members. Um, if you're not already an ECFA member and would like to find out more about that, please go to ecfa.org slash join and you can or you can just email us at info at ecfa.org. We'll be happy to discuss those questions with you. And if you've got a question for Jim, feel free to email it to info at ecfa.org and we'll be happy to uh, route that to him. May the Lord bless you as you carry out ministry. Thank you.